2: On this episode of Missing the Point, we're joined once again by returning guest Josue bavone from Heavy.com, CLSN Media, the Cedric Maxwell Podcast, and Causeway Street Podcast to help us put this 2021 Boston Celtics season to bed. We'll examine the recent Celtics front office moves and preview potential offseason moves to improve the team for 2022. This is Missing the Point, episode 66, but it's all relative.
1: Welcome to Missing the Point. I am your host, Rashawn Buchanan, with my guys, The Real BK, Bob Kelly, Magic Mike, Mark, Mark Angelo, and our executive producer, Craig DeLisandro. So today, we are bringing back someone that, you know, we, we had to have Celtics therapy with him in the past. We had to have, have to have Celtics therapy tonight. You can hear him on the locker room. He's a writer for a heavy.com, and he is the co-host of the Cedric Maxwell podcast. My man, Jose Perform, welcome back, man. How you doing?
3: Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for bringing
1: me back, man. There's a lot to lot to discuss, right? <laughs> crazy week. Cra- crazy week, crazy year. Like I said, I think we were someone optimistic. I think when we, well, I won't say as optimistic. We would talk to you during the before right before the draft, and they had just lost to Miami, and you know, uh, yeah. you know we, we had a lot of questions. You know, eight months later, we still have a lot of questions. So you know, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to use this as a therapy <laughs> session. So, so, you know, last time, you know, we had spoke, I had spoke to you last week, man. And, you know, we had talked the day that the news came down that Danny Ainge is, you know, now stepping down and Brad Stevens is now g- going into that role as the president of basketball operations. So, you know, we'll get right into it, man. So does Danny Age leaving make it easier for someone like Brad Stevens to start making deals with other teams in the NBA?
3: I mean, I, I guess so. I guess it makes it easier for him because, you know, if you ask me, I, I think Brad Stevens had a lot to say in, in the decisions that Danny made. But this offseason could be the outlier. You know, we're not quite sure how Brad Stevens felt about the signing of Jeff Teague and Christian Thompson and, and, and you know, moves that could have happened during last summer that didn't happen. I mean, we're not quite sure. So obviously Brad's now in that position to you know mold this roster the best way he sees fit which i think it's a good thing you know i really do i was shocked and surprised more about him i think i was more shocked about brass envisioning brass stevens not coaching i just thought that was really odd you know for him to be in in, in this position but it makes sense for this organization I, I think his contract extension last year has a lot to do with this i mean to be frank if you're a businessman you know running an organization i mean it, the thing is twofold right uh, you know, obviously to go out and get a new GM is going to cost them quite a bit and, and to let Brad Stevens go and, you know, risk him coaching another team. I just don't think the Southerners were in a position to do that. They're like, man, we got this guy locked in. We, we see his vision. We appreciate his knowledge, but we're not quite sure if this locker room is going to listen to him next year. And that's absolutely understandable. But, you know, the, the reason why I bring up the contract extension is, is because I, I think it does play a part here. But at the same time, Brad Stevens, I mean, who's better to find out or at least try to try his best to give these guys what they need than the coach that was in that locker room the last seven seasons, you know? So I do think that that's significant as well. You know, does he have a lot of experience in this position? No, absolutely not. But I trust his expertise in the sense of evaluating talent coming in. Obviously, he has a collegiate background, which plays a big part in this. And I think that he can get to the root of what this team needs to be successful. And I think a lot of that has to do with guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, obviously. Right. I mean, I think those two all-stars, they have to have a say in the direction that this team is going in. And I think Brad Stevens is the kind of GM or is going to be the kind of you know president of basketball operations who's going to use those guys as the proper resources. I mean, he has to. They have to go into this new era of something's basketball with those guys, obviously, one at the forefront, but two, On the same exact page as to what's going to make this team better and of course what's going to make them better players moving forward not quite sure and we talked about this a little bit not quite sure like those two jason tatum and jalen brown i mean obviously they've proven that they can be you know successful in their own right but how are they going to make this team successful how are they going to make this team whole i think that's a lot of what brad stevens can help you know throughout this summer and of course moving forward into this new era
0: yeah man yeah i gotta ask you something Based off something you said a little bit ago when you were talking about how no one talked about game five, you know what I mean? Like as soon as this right. news came out, it was like game five didn't even happen. Do you think the timing of that, that that had to have been on purpose, right? I mean, obviously yeah. they, they, they already had a bad taste in their mouth from the season doing yeah. it at that time. And then having it just <clears throat> like, like you said, is like that series never even happened. Do you think that's something that they planned out going, you know, they said they had this plan for weeks is that something that they were like, OK, we need to get this going as soon as the season's over so we get the entire fan base looking forward instead of back at this shit show?
3: I think absolutely. yeah, I think that's true. I don't think this was a swift decision where they thought that, you know, Danny you know, needs to be removed and that they're going to come to an agreement, you know, make it sound like that he wasn't fired. I think this is genuine when Danny says that this was something that was on his mind. I mean, shit, he hinted at it on 98.5, you know, about one of the last weeks of the regular season where he admitted to thinking about it. I mean, when someone admits something like that, that means that that's coming soon. I I thought it was going to come within the next summer, but obviously that wasn't the case. So I think this is something that they had pre-planned. They wanted to get it out there as soon as they were eliminated. And I think that was the right thing to do, you know, for for Brad Stevens to get to work here, so to speak, and try to find a head coach is a big, big task, a, a tall task rather. And I don't, you know, I know he just finished his round of interviews from you know, guys from within the the organization, uh, internal, but I would really like to see them, you know, look outside. And that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, what Brad Stevens was doing didn't quite work. I I just think that, I do think Brad's going to have a lot to say with, you know, the direction that this team goes in, but I also think that the head coach is crucial as well. So, you know, you have to make sure it's someone that these guys truly believe in. And again, I do believe, you know, Tatum and Brown should have some say in that decision. I'm not saying that you have to listen to them, but you have to let them in, in on those conversations everyone has to be open and upfront as to what exactly went wrong last year you know outside of covid-19 protocol health and safety protocol and of course the slew of injuries that rattled the entire roster
2: i mean so i was going to say this for later but but given what you just said about the head coaching vacancy right i think that this is like the most intriguing vacancy and the the, the most intriguing like crop of candidates that we've seen in probably like the last you know 5 years or so so what are the odds that, that Brad selects someone like, like a Kara Lawson or a Becky Hammond for this role, or even like, like a Sam Cassell, or do you think he stays internal?
3: I think there's a good chance he'll, he'll look outside. Uh, again, I just think another voice in this locker room could could really go a long way with these guys. And, and not to say that you know Jay Ortega and, and Jerome Allen are exactly like brad stevens but there are voices that they've heard a lot throughout that locker room and maybe i'm wrong maybe one of those guys is, is someone that stands out and that the team truly believes in. but i also think that they could go you know radical with this one or, or or rather progressive with this one you know i wouldn't shock me if they hire a female coach i mean becky hammond's another candidate i mean to your point there yeah absolutely i can't remember the last time we saw not only one but two female candidates that are uh, legitimately you know being discussed as top candidates for that position, I think a lot of that has to do with obviously Becky's background, but in terms of, of Carol Lawson, it has to do with what the, the impact you made on, uh, she made on this team. You know, you know, th- this team. A lot of players were in tears when she left when she accepted the Duke position, and obviously it's a huge job. You know, great spot for her to head into. You know, NCAA and, and, and lead you know, a women's basketball team, but I really wish she stayed in that bubble, you know, you know, for selfish purposes. I mean, I, I just think that maybe this could have been more of the writing on the wall. I don't say that people are going to be like, oh, he's going to, everyone expect the brass teams to get fired. But I just think that little time that she spent with the team went a long way. And, and to see that emotion come for these players, guys like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, you know, that says a lot. You know, I, I always... I gave them a hard time, maybe not Marcus, but more to Jalen and Tatum about, you know, showing attitude and showing more emotion. And, you know, to see that strong of an emotion, to see these guys get emotional for her to leave them, I thought that spoke volume. So I think she does have a legitimate chance. And I also think that for this team wouldn't surprise me because I just think that one, this is a younger squad, obviously one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team in the NBA. So I think it's another generation thing where I think they're able to move to look past the gender, you know, aspect of this thing. I, I think guys like Jalen and Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum, I don't think that they're, you know, I'm not, I think that's a legitimate concern for some teams, but not this team. Okay. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And what I mean by that is is managing strong personalities. I'm not quite sure there's a team, there's a player on this team that I think is too strong for, you know, that could be, you know, abrasive or, you know, it could, there could be some sort of friction and not because she's a female, but because of her experience. Now that could also, you know, be, be tough for her and her chances of of getting the job. But again, what she's done with the team, I think it, it goes a long way. So I do think she's a legitimate candidate and also someone like Sam Cassell and Chauncey Billups, former players, I think would be great. You know, Tatum and Brown guys who came into this league and let's face it, they were in very, very successful situations. You know, they haven't missed the postseason, regardless of what role they were in. They've been thrusted into postseason basketball since the very beginning. That wasn't the case with Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups really was the underdog coming out, you know, of, of coming into the NBA, traded halfway through. Of course, he was from the Boston Celtics, had to really make, his, make a name for himself, made stops in Denver before eventually getting to Detroit and finding that role. And let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. I mean, that team. Talk about a team. Everyone knew their role. Everyone knew that it it took a full effort night in and night out to beat four future Hall of Famers in the Los Angeles Lakers. Man, that was one heck of an upset in the NBA finals. Sign me up for that guy, because I think he had a lot to say that could really resonate with these guys. And of course, not only does he have the basketball resume, but he also has been assistant coach for quite some time now. So Chauncey Billups is more than ready to make that step and become a head coach in the NBA for sure. Sorry, I got a lot
1: to say, man. It's just a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, man, listen. Let it
0: go, man. Let it, let it rip. <laughs> listen, not only are we all for it, but I'm going to make you talk even more because I'm asking questions based off that. So I got honestly like a three-tier question for you. So you talk a lot about Tatum and Brown. These guys are going to have a say. Completely agree. I think especially Tatum has earned that. And I think he showed that he's, is the future of this franchise? There is no doubt about it anymore. Absolutely, so he went up. A, he went up
3: another notch in that
0: uh, playoff series. I just, just want to say that real quick. Like that's that's the
3: one silver lining. That's the one you know for for Celtics fans. Like, okay, he's he went toe to toe with Durant. So, so,
1: yes, th- thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. And thank he you. He
3: held thank his you. own. Like
1: that's much it was, it,
0: out of all the shitty season, the one thing I am going to remember is that Kevin is that Jason Tatum went head to head with Kevin Durant and beat him. So could agree more. So so based off of that, Tatum and Brown, who do you think they want? I, I know you're around them a lot, or, like, you, you've talked to them before. So, like, just based off their feelings, who do you think they want? Second, who do you think is the best qualified, and who do you think is going to get it? Oh, man, put me on the spot. All I'm right. putting you on the spot, man.
3: You know what? I'm... See, I want to say Chauncey. You know, you could tell us that's my favorite. Carol Lawson's up there, too, as well. Those are my two favorites out of this first, I don't know, batch, you know, of of potential coaches for the Celtics. But I'm going to I'm going to give the edge to Chauncey just because, again, I mean, I I think I think the organization, you know, you can even put Kasell in there as well. But more Chauncey, right? I just think the organization, they understand how. Significant that is his basketball background, his resume. And I think these guys know as well. I mean, Jason Tatum, I always say, Tatum's like an old soul, man. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that this guy is not even 25 years old. And, you know, and he grew up, you know, idolizing Kobe Bryant. You know, it wouldn't shock me if he's seen a good chunk of, you know, Detroit basketball, maybe at a very young age, but I'm sure he's gone back and done his homework. And again, I just think it's a great match. So I'm going to say that these guys, guys like Tatum and Brown, they're going to want a former player. I don't know if Chauncey's going to be. The first name out of their mouths but i definitely think that that's a good fit for this organization or at least how they want to proceed with these guys of course leading the way and you know carol lawson also is, is in the mix as well but just because of i mean you got guys like jason kidd obviously has had a chance you, we saw what brooklyn Nets did with steve nash i mean let's face it these guys pretty much handpicked their head coach so i think a little bit of that is a reason why I, you know I, if I had to predict it, they would go in that direction. Not because they want to copy the Brooklyn Nets, but I, I just think that we we've, we've seen it happen, and, and I think those voices they really resonate with the with these younger with this younger generation for sure.
2: You mentioned Jason Kidd, right? And he's had a lot of of coaching interviews, like with Portland, because of what's happened in his past. Why would that prevent him from getting a, a new job while he's still gamefully employed?
3: Boy, uh, what do you mean? If, if I'm not mistaken, he just threw it out there that he had no interest in the Portland Trailblazers job.
2: Well, no. There, there were a ton of articles that, that came out uh, the last couple of days that saying that his that his past, his domestic violence past, his, is what's canceled him from these vacancies. Now, if if that's not true, then we can strike this in the record book. But I was just like curious, like why would that? Obviously, why would that? Why would that keep him from a new coaching job while he's still actively in, employed by the NBA?
3: You know, what, you bring up a really good point, honestly, because that was something that obviously crossed my mind when he was starting to get those assistant coaching positions and no one really brought it up and I I guess it's like is that the top of the line for him because I don't think that's right to be honest it's gotta be one way or the other you know that's a really good point you bring up you know if either you're an assistant you know either you're coaching in the NBA or you're not so if, if that's the case I don't think that's fair for the Portland Trailblazers you know the way I saw it was I thought he was trying to get you know trying to trying to get it out there before they even you know called him to before he's even a candidate. But, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. Obviously, it's something that's been brought up. I mean, there's some reporters in Boston that as soon as his name was brought up as a potential candidate, that was what they said. And I know, I'm not just talking about fans. I'm talking about, you know, members in the media. So I, I do yeah, think that's gonna that's not going to bode well for his chances. But honestly, I'm just not crazy about Jason Kidd coaching no, this team. I, I don't think he's the one. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm not crazy about it. I, I don't think that's the voice that they need.
1: So I listen, I got to be honest, right? So obviously I'm I'm a big Dame guy. Me and Bobby both are big Dame guys. If that meant that we could have got Dame, hey, bring him on. There. If you want to fire him after the All Star break, <laughs> if, that, if that brought Damien to Boston and it's Dame time, I'm here for it.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but if Dame if Dame doesn't want to go, and then you stuck with Jason Kidd, man, that's not
1: good. Well, no, that's no 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 no.
3: That's that's true, but he, he
1: did know. <laughs> no facts, but he 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 did say. I he's, he's like, I, I would want Jason K as a coach. So if that's the case, cool. Come come on come on down, number five. Come on down. Listen, you, you, <laughs> you, you did enough of beating us in the postseason back in the day. Come on down. Bring us over here. Bring bring Dame over here. You know, Bracket have to sit down with him and say, you know what, Jason, we, we thought, you know, <laughs> just, just kidding, so to speak, right? We're, we're gonna let you know, brother. And, and, and just, you know, and, and it's cool. Just just but I, I just I just need Dame here and in green. That's what I'm here for, because the Kemba Walker era. So it it's good. <sighs> it's, 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 it's got to go. In the words of Kenny Smith, it's it's it's, all, it's over, ladies and gentlemen, it's over.
3: Yeah, but yo, you know from the moment Dame says I want to be traded, it's going to be 17 teams behind the Celtics with their best offers. So you know Jalen Brown is going to have to headline that deal, man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, if if you're willing to make that move, if you know, if Celtics fans if if they're okay with that, I mean, then that's a whole nother different conversation. But the, the, I, I just don't think realistically we're going to see a big three with Dan Lillard because it's going to be at least a handful of teams that can top that offer. Who's the best player? something to send it over, you know, Kemba. You know, maybe a sign and trade with Evan Fournier, Marcus Smart, what, yeah, listen
1: whatever, whatever they
3: want. Portland's like say.
1: Portland's gonna be like, yo, what else you guys got? Are you serious? Right <laughs> <now? This> is, <laughs> I'm all in, man. We're in tears right now. We're saying our goodbyes to this dude. Listen, what, whatever they want. Listen, Terry Stock's already gone. Listen, CJ gonna be gone too. CJ ain't gonna be like, ain't gonna be there much longer. Like that. Listen, that team has been together for nine or ten years, and they have not done anything so it's time to blow it up it's okay and once again i know dame signed that four-year deal for 191 a couple years ago i get that it's going to be hard to move but listen he's not going he's not going to the, he, he's, he's not going to the knicks i mean i, I know i'm sure lebron will say hey man you know i'll use this space jam but we'll come to the real space jam out of la i get it but that that's not <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean that's gonna that's necessarily gonna happen i'm just saying Listen, man. If, if they want my niece and nephew, like wh- whoever they want, I'm, I'm, I'm here.
0: <laughs> said,
1: I dropping off Logan. I drop him off at Logan, I'll be right there. With like I said, with my watch, to, I got a pair of Dame shoes in my in my closet, so I'm at the crib. So Dame, listen. If if you ever hear this, brother, I'm I am all in on you coming here to Boston. Like I, I think he'd be great. Like I said, I'm I'm out on the Kevin oh, Walker man. era. Love him, love him that as a personality, you know. But I mean, listen, man. You brought up about Jalen Brown. You know, Celtics fans happy about that because we we haven't talked to you obviously since October, but. Would you have been happy if Jay LeBron got moved for for James Harden? Because there's some people on, no, the, on this panel that no, didn't want to. So so no. no, okay, so
3: no, 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 absolutely not. See, what people are is easy to forget when you watch what the Brooklyn Nets are doing or what they did throughout the course of the regular season, is that you got a motivated James Harden, right? I mean, he looks to his left, he's got Kevin Durant. He looks to his right, he's got Kyrie Irving. He's got he's that. Tr- what was it, 18 assists against the Celtics? One of those games? That's light work, man. That's <laughs> nothing to him. Facts. Like, that's a motivated James Harden. If that Harden face any kind of adversity in Boston, I don't know if you get the same effect. You know, I don't. Get, I don't know if you get the same result. You may get Houston Rockets 2020 James Harden. You know, James Harden, you know what? Man, I'm gonna go down to Pro. was it? Providence? Is that, that, that the best strip clubs around here. I'm gonna go to Providence. I'll check y'all later. See you guys. Like, if that happens, you guys would be like, you know, not just you, everyone would be like, what a colossal mistake! Why did they <laughs> trade <up>. <laughs> Brown for this for this freaking right. loser? You know what I mean? Like, and listen, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't. But you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me there's
1: no risk of that? Right. That's no, a sure, there sure is. But huge but, risk. But my thing is, we, we've been saying, and this fans that want change here like we've been saying oh fire the coach or fire danny okay so okay that's happened now danny's gone brad's moved on to end coaching but it's like yo maybe the roster that's currently constructed is not working either this is like the best roster we have was that 2017 2018 team like that to me that's not debatable even though the most fun team was the year before in 2016 2017 you know the year that you know you know unfortunately IT, IT lost his sister and then maybe you know yeah hey man they they still got to the conference finals hey so I mean say say what you, you know but you know but yeah that they was you know
3: Speaking of Dame season, that was the last time a Celtics player averaged twenty nine points. Man, that was
0: crazy. Crazy, Isaiah. crazy, unbelievable. There. Yeah, yeah, man. that's what I'm mean. that
1: saying. You know, not- top, top five in MVP voting, so yeah, man. I, I don't know. I mean, but I, I mean, I get it. Like I said, I mean, Mike. Mike was uh, smiling as you were saying that. No to James Harden. He's been saying no to James Harden since December yeah. when the trade happened. You know, but it's I don't
3: tempting. I and mean. retrospect is tempting. It's it's really tempting to go back in time. It, it's really tempting, but step away from the DeLorean. All right, don't go back in time. Don't change it. <laughs> all right. Don't
2: go to that time machine. I do have a question, to just based on like what Ray just said and and what, and what you said. What are the odds that 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 Jalen and Jason don't reach their their full
3: potential on the same team? I think that's, I, I think that's very possible. That could certainly happen. I mean, when you look at their contract extensions, I, I think it's it's a little deceiving because if this thing, if we're still looking at a five hundred team and and ten months from now or so, like. Who's to say that one of these guys is going to say, you know what? It's not working here. I, I'm not quite sure I want to be here anymore. I mean, that could very well happen for sure. So that's why this offseason is really important. But at the same time, I don't think this organization is in the space where they're like, you know what? It's time to split these guys up. No, absolutely not. They've worked very hard to get to this point. One, getting the draft picks right. I mean, they're they one Markel fault away from blowing this whole thing up, you know, from ruining the entire rebuild. You know, like Jalen Brown, one dragon bender from ruining the entire rebuild. Oh, crap. Oh. <laughs> Harry Irving... Oh, you know, no, Jackson, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I mean, let's face it. Jalen Brown, I, I, I don't want to put it this way, but this is the best way I could put it for him to survive that Kyrie Irving experience and not be so turned off that he was. That was a blessing as well that to sign him for that contract extension. I think it's a bargain team friendly. forward. team friendly yeah, for sure, team friendly for sure. Yeah. Moving forward, you got to do the best you can to supplement talent around these guys. And, you know, of course, they're going to do their best to try to trade Kemba Walker, but it's not going to be easy. You know, they're going to try to the best to consolidate, you know, three or four of these bench players into one, you know, solid player that they can certainly rely on, but that's not going to be easy as well. You know, if, if look, for the topic of, of trading Kemba Walker, I put it like this. If, if you, if the Celtics are to trade someone like Kemba Walker, they're going to get a situation that's Kemba Walker-like in return. That's the only way a team will accept something like that. I don't know. Chris, Porzingis is the name that's out there. You know, yeah. like is OKC still trying to get like 25 first round picks? I, I don't know. Al Horford. I mean, look, this is the situation that the Southerners are in. This is realistic. These are realistic options of, of how to get get from under that Kemba Walker contract. But it's not going to be easy. Chris, that Porzingis has more money on his books than Kemba Walker does. You know, Al Horford has the extra year, but at least it dips down to 17 million towards the tail end of that contract. So it goes down. Whereas, you know, Kemba's goes in the other direction. So it's tough, you know, those are sort of the option. But I I don't think that this ownership is in a space where they're thinking that, you know, let's go full rebuild here. No, they're trying to say this thing on the fly. And what I mean by that is keep these superstars or these all-stars rather, you know, in tune and entertained because they've never been through a first round knockout. And they're not quite sure where the direction this team is going.
0: I got to ask, man. So throughout this whole season, a big hot topic on this podcast has been management and coach or the players? You know, who's the blame? Who's going to blow up first? What's going to happen? They're going to trade the players. They're going to fire this and fire, uh, fire Danny and fire Brad. How relieved are you as a basketball fan or a basketball guy that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the ones that this organization chose? They recognize that basketball talent and didn't go the management route and try and save the coach or save the GM.
3: Yeah, they did the right thing. I, I mean, I'm relieved, but I'm also not, I'm not that surprised, right? I mean, the NBA, like, organizations, they've seen this story before. They see how things can get sour, you know, when you try to, uh, you know, uh, go the other way and, and not try to, to to please these guys. You know, it's funny, man. One of these uh, older guys, someone in the industry reached out to me and was just like, man, these players, they, they're going to handle it. They're going to handpick their coach, and they're going to, you know, handpick who they want to play with, and then they're going to go win a championship. I was like, where have you been? Yes, this is the NBA. Like, Hell <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. What did they do last summer? That's exactly what they did. No, like you know, what did LeBron and Rich Paul do two years before he left Cleveland? Set up shop in LA. I mean, little by little, make sure that Anthony Davis wasn't going to get traded to Boston because Rich Paul put the word out, you'll be wasting your assets for nothing for one-year rental. So, you know, that listen, this organization is man, for a team that's been thrown so many curveballs. I mean, talk about a, a Celtics team that's still relevant. And still has two stars that obviously on the up and up haven't even entered their prime. I mean, I mean, that just says a lot about Danny Ainge. And because this move was so shocking, I feel like he didn't get his proper, like, you know, salute for his last 18 years of service, man. Because people can say what they want, but the last two or three years, you know, there are, those obviously weren't uh, him at his best. But from bringing a championship to, to staying relevant, you know, squeezing out bad big three of, of Pierce Garnett and Ray Allen to having, what, one drop off year? technically two years even though that second year brad stevens you made the postseason when you weren't supposed to i mean he turned this thing around quicker than anyone expected and now i know it's frustrating that we're not able to see this team get back to the nba finals where it seemed like they were so close but you know this is just the position that they're in and they're just trying to rebound as best as they can
1: right so right so i mean let's keep the theme with the you know just surrounding them with talent so obviously we know tatum and brown in the future so i know free agency doesn't start until august 1st i believe so you know, who do you think they should go after them? Because clearly I feel like shooting to me is the number one thing, but how do they approve their roster to make this team uh, contenders next year?
3: You know, it's interesting. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know if, if how high on the list Evan Fournier is, but I mean, he's, I, I think he's a piece that the Celtics have to really consider. It's just going to cost them a lot, you know? And, and I think that ultimately they they may pass or, or at least they may be, you know, trumped by another team. So, you know, when you talk about, potential free agents out there. I mean, they don't have a whole lot of cat space. So I think for the most part, they're going to try to do the best they can on the trade front, you know, you know, trying to consolidate these guys, you know, Grant Williams and, you know, guys that are on that bench. I- I'm not saying that they're going to be able to deal these guys, but I-, I think that they have to do their best to just give, to, to give those guys, whether it's a, a shooter or secondary playmaker that's going to make a big difference because I I don't know, man, if you're you're unable to trade Kemba Walker, I I think your backcourt gets significantly thin. I mean, it already was thin, right? So it's tough. And, but then you look for outside shooting you know, someone like Tim Harwood Jr. was someone that, you know, I think would be great on this team, but I mean, it's just, they don't have a whole lot of money to play with, man. They got to get really creative. I mean, you can shade, they still have the MLE, which I believe it's about 10 11 million left on that. There is an expiration on that, but you still have a couple of months. So they're going to try their best there. But it's difficult to say. And I think that signing or, or no, no signing is going to really, you know, tell us what direction they're going in. And if, if he does stick around, you're not going to see much movement after that. But if he doesn't, I think that's something's that's going to be very aggressive on the trade front for sure.
1: Right, but we're gross, but you, you, he can't come out here and quote 50 Cent, right? Like, oh, we're going to get banner 18 or die trying. You you can't quote 50 Cent and not have your ass all in. So I'm sorry.
3: How much How much of the tax are you going to pay? How much of that tax? <laughs> yeah, but, pay no, but, but, that,
1: but that, that's what he kept talking about, though. He said, oh, you know, we're willing to spend, we're willing to spend. So, okay, you, Rich Gotham, Mike Zane, okay, well, g- get your ass there at, in, in the room and start talking about <laughs> what you can do. Because at this moment, you need to go all in. If you're saying, if you, once again, if, you, if you're quoting 50 Cent saying, we're going to get banner 18 or die trying there's something needs to happen so whether that's yeah. re-signing fournier which i i agree to me the only suitor outside of boston maybe would be he, he looks like a san antonio spur like he, he did that to me <laughs> he, he, he just screams to me he's, he's a six seven he's a six seven tony parker yeah they the next the really next cool the would be mm-hmm. cool because I, I know they, they were in on or try to get hayward last year but obviously well that and they tried they were trying to trade
3: they were trying to trade for yeah that's true <laughs> they were trying to trade for fournier but right before the deadline if i'm not mistaken something swooped in so it could
1: happen, yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, we, we probably could have had Fournier and Gordon, but you know, we didn't want to give up Marcus Smart. So, so I heard, so we heard, we don't know. I mean, you're, you're more plugged in than we are, but I'm just like, you didn't want to give Marcus Smart. We could have got maybe both of them guys back. Like, who knows what could have happened if you know, if the, both of the guys were on the team, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, to me, with Grossberg, it, it's time to put up a shut up, dog. Like, you can't come in there trying to be all smiles and give all these bells and whistles to Trenny on the network, but not say what you So, back up what you say, say what you mean, mean what you say, and bring some real talent here. So just like on the championship team, you brought in Posey, you brought in PJ Brown, you brought in Eddie House, you know, you brought in Rasheed Wallet, like you brought in guys that were ready veterans, made players already in this league. Like, they got to do that now. And I know we talked about Shemmy last time I came on here. I was clowning mm-hmm. Shemmy. And he was like, man, you know, that, that might be the guy you hate now. So, yeah, I, I can't stand <laughs> him. But honestly, I feel like, like, listen, Carson... Tremont Waters, and Taco, I'm done. Listen, I know it's the fan favorite thing. You know, we want Taco. Don't fucking yell, we want, don't, don't, we want Taco. You just made my man. Like, I don't
3: that, That's that's yet. what I'm saying. Yeah, they gotta yeah. go. They gotta yeah. go.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. crazy. They can play a favorite yeah. part with you and me. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> I, I'm like that. That's that's not working. For, I'm sorry. That's I I can't do it. Yo, taco said, pulled ta- up,
3: that would be wild. The taco right, bulldog, but, up, man. but ta- ta- yeah, like, <laughs> fact,
1: right? <laughs> but, like, ta- 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 taco taco's a sideshow. show. And I, I like I said, as much as I think he's a great guy, I think he's improved. But I just saw a guy that taco should be and he plays in Dallas, and that's Bobo Marjanovic. If he became that. Yeah, that guy doing? was wrong. I can, I can yeah. take that, but it, he's still a project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's two years from being two years away, and that—that's a yeah. problem still. So he's—he's he's a waste of roster space.
0: I gotta say, I don't think Wick. I don't think Wick knew he was quoting Fifty Cent. Just for the record, <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> 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 right? Facts. <laughs>
0: So almost like,
3: someone like nodded his head and he turned around and was like, you like that? That was good, huh? Was like, <laughs> so oh, this line in the book, my guy, he's like, what like, do you mean? He like, someone told him after the fact, oh man, that's funny. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But yeah. no, man, you know, I, I also think that Jalen Brown and, and Tatum, I mean, I don't know, man, they got to like, and I've been saying this all year, and sometimes I get crap from Celtics fans, and sometimes depending on how they're feeling, they're like, they got to make it like... <sighs> I don't know. Make it seem fun. Like, do you guys like playing with each other? Do you guys look forward to Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I, I don't. Sometimes I, I, sh- I struggle wording it the way I want it to sound, but it's, it's just like, I, I want that. Like, okay. You remember it, Anton Walker and Paul Pierce? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. Man, those guys, they were barely 500 some seasons. That one year, they did what they did the thing, but for the most part, you know, they were they were always like, ah, the damn Celtics Are they ever going to do anything? But boy, those two had fun, right? I mean, you saw them uh, handshaking and all this stuff. And, you know, obviously Walker had the wiggle and obviously they were both getting theirs. But it didn't seem like they were just out to get theirs, you know. And sometimes I feel I get that sense with Tatum and Brown. Like they're just out to get theirs. And that doesn't mean that they don't care about winning. But I just think the way they see winning is like I got to do my absolute best for this team to win. Whereas it's like as you get older and it's going to happen to them, they're going to realize, no, to to reach that next level, it's not, I don't have to go out and score 50. I have to find out how can we make this team as strong as possible, as difficult as possible for opposing squads. You know what I mean? I mean, that's really what it is, right? It's almost like a young LeBron in those years where he couldn't get over the hump against the Celtics, where it's just like, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, until he finally realized, wait, no, I got to set up other guys because half of these guys are wide the F open. You know what I mean? Like, and look, I, I don't, I just think their relationship on the basketball court, it makes a difference. I mean, right. like guys can look to that All Star tandem and say, you know what, I can help those guys. Those guys are one player away to, from knocking away the knocking off the Nets. You know, I want to join those guys. So I, I really do think the relationship is just important. It just gives off the right vibe. You, I mean, I made this joke that if I was an All Star All Star weekend and I saw them, yeah. If I was like you know a perennial All Star, I would talk so much shit to them. I was like, oh look, yo, it's the 500 All Star crew. Yo, look, yo, yo, it's the All Star tandem. <laughs> they can't put together a winning record in the East. They're like what's wrong with y'all, man? Like I would give them so much crap if I was, you know, a LeBron or, you know, one of these, maybe not LeBron, but you know, someone that's been there like all the time because, you know, a, a lot of teams in the NBA would, would, they would kill for something like that. Two rising all-stars, but right. you know, under 25. And again, it just seems like sometimes, man, they just like, it's like a pickup game out there and they're both getting theirs and it's great. And their stats are damn near identical some nights, but it's just like, man, how it, the record is 500. So what's going on? You know,
2: it's your point, right? It's like, you want to be a player that looks at those two and not only says like, I can make them better, but like, damn, they could they could elevate my game. Right. That's what, that's how you get people. Because if they look at, if they say those two would make me better, then they're buying into the entire process. Like, like, like to your point, like, why do you think it is? Is it because they're they're reluctant to show um, emotion, or that, or like Jalen doesn't want to step on Jason's toes for being the leader, or vice versa? Like, why is it that when they're on the court, not all the time, but most times, it feels like they're just going through the, the court
3: general motions? You know what I mean? Like, I, I have to do this. I Have to do this. I, I just think it's their background. I mean, these guys came up, and again winning situations and and i don't say that you know to knock them like oh you guys don't know what it's like to to struggle but i just think they both come from backgrounds where that was their job they went there and scored and they went and and, and they were the guy and i don't know maybe the the aau you know the aau culture didn't help with that coming up in high school where you played with some of the top guys in the country and you you know beat teams by 45 points and you come into the NBA, and sure, you're not one of the top guys, but you're in a winning situation, and the pressure is not on to you that much. You know, I always tell the story about being out in Cleveland when you know Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward were set to make their debut, and there wasn't one single reporter next to Tatum as I asked him questions. Like it was just like everyone just hovered because there was no pressure, man. Like they didn't have to deal with that. That didn't really set in until this year, and this was the year that was the most. It was the, it was. This, It was a struggle, and it was a struggle for everybody. It wasn't just the Celtics. You know, it was a tough year. I mean, we got to face it, guys. When the NBA looks back on this season, they're going to be like, man, that was not a good idea. That was not a good idea to have these guys playing every other night, you know, what they did to their bodies. Every team is dealing with injuries right now, you know, And, and the Celtics obviously dealt with it the most. And, you know, going into next season, I think that the NBA will do a better job of, you know, trying to get more rest in and trying to make sure that these guys, you know, are taking care of their bodies better than they did this past season because it was grueling. It was tough. But, you know, being coming back from what happened and this offseason, refreshed, I can't wait to see at least just these two, how they're going to respond, what their relationship is going to look like on that basketball court, because it's going to make all the difference.
0: Yeah, man. And, and, and so I think something, so we keep talking about the relationship between these two and that, like, they like to play, they do like to play ISO together. They're like, you take a turn, I take a turn. Mm-hmm. You take a turn, I take you a go turn. And like, I go. This, you go, go, Yeah, that, that's how it seems like they operate like that, especially when they get into that, stale offense, like they did so much this year, whereas like, they feel like they're struggling for buckets. That's when they go to iso. Do you think a point guard, I'm gonna bring him up just because I love him ray Rondo, someone that style, maybe not him, but someone like Rondo, who's just gonna be the general like these two guys wouldn't have to bring up the ball every time they would they could just work to get their shot. Rondo feeds them. And, and that's all she wrote. Do you think someone like that could be someone that could merge their two games and even let them keep playing the game they're comfortable playing but like be successful doing it 100 percent, i would love that i would love to see Ray Jarron the back still today i mean i feel like this
3: this conversation comes up it's been brought up at least you know twice it's like every off season you know just, just get him back you know just to have someone in there and i think now more than ever for a couple of reasons one is you know his experience and his voice in that locker room and on the court i mean can you name another guy that could just His approach with LeBron James during the playoffs last year in a bubble, I mean, like, even after they won, I was like, there's no way he's going to stick around. LeBron's like, yeah, I, I can't do this. this. dude just says whatever he wants. And just like, <laughs> he just controls everything. Like, I can't be having this. Like, I appreciate it, Rondo. I appreciate you, but let's get straight. I, I think someone like that in Boston with these guys, they're going to be all ears. And you know what? It's not just about, oh, you got to do this or you got to do that. I, I think it's genuine. Like, Rondo, when he's dealing with a younger guy, even with the Celtics, and you know, before he left, it was genuine when he got into these guys. People, people believed in him, and I, I think that would be a great addition. You know, if that were, uh, if that's a possibility, and if I'm the Celtics, man, I would really look into it for sure. Because uh, again, they're going to need to address that backcourt in one way or another. Uh, Peyton Pritchard is not ready to be a starting point guard. I, I, I don't hate Marcus Smart in that spot, but he's got to have someone else in there in the mix for sure. No, yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah, that's it. Can't, it can't be, can't be Marcus. No, not Marcus. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> not all the time, anyways.
0: <laughs> yeah. Imagine Chauncey as head coach with Rajon Rondo. Oh we, man, boy, so much knowledge, this team man! Like, let's so go. So much IQ. Yeah, that. Oh, that gets me fired up. Let's go. Yo, just imagine. <laughs> like, for it, man! Yeah, let's go. I'm ready.
3: Just, <laughs> right. just imagine like a, 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 all the IQ in that locker room. Like, a, like if it, someone just pulled the chessboard out, like what? Jalen Brown, <laughs> you guys, <got> Rajon Rondo. <laughs> right, so much right. high basketball. So much high basketball IQ and just just IQ in general, man. Could. Could definitely uh, go a long way for this team.
2: Can I ask the one question, Ray? Because this is either going to validate me or it's going to make me look like the idiot that we all know that I am. I have been pushing for a guy like Russell Westbrook on this team because he's an animal. Like he's just—he's a lunatic, and I don't think that I think I think he would control and dictate the pace for for Jalen and for Jason. A- am I insane for thinking that Russell Westbrook would make us better than what we currently are?
3: Nah man, I, I like it too, man. I like it too. Yeah, Yo, you and I win the minority, man. <laughs> <laughs> because i no one wants to no one wants to hear that right now. But I mean, it's just ah that would be tough, man. That would be tough. You know, some speculation was that oh, if something's if they get really ballsy, they could get that backcourt and, and trade for Jalen Brown. I'm like, ah,
1: they're not doing that.
3: Watch is not doing it. But yeah, you know, to answer your question, I Wait, would
1: for Jalen Brown? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, so
3: you know, you know, internet's getting crazy. Yeah, oh, so wow. put that out there. I said that. I said, wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and obviously Kemba would have to go the other way too.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: But, <laughs> but but if you're Washington, you're just gonna be like, Well, we're we just gonna give up, we're giving up already. All right. You know, like it's it's tough. I think they're gonna try to give us another go to, to try to appease these guys because that playoff push, I don't think they saw that coming. And uh they, they want to see more of that. But yeah, I mean in theory, I, I do like it. And if you were to, to demand a trade and somehow the stuff they try to do it for Kemba, yeah, sign me up, but again. It's, almost, it's back to what we were saying earlier. Right? It's, it's gonna, the conversation starts with Jalen Brown, and I don't want to see something to do that for Russell Westbrook. I just don't want to see them do it in general, for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, they, they could do it for Devin Booker. <laughs> you know, bring, they make it about the same, you know, they're the same age. I, I mean, I know Phoenix, Phoenix would be ridiculous to do that, like, but I mean, that's the you only, know, that's one of the few guys I'm like, okay, if you said, if you want Jalen Brown, and unless they're the same age, you know, J- Devin Brooker and Tatum, which Tatum talked about. He wanted to play with Brook and but he thought he said it on all the smoke. He was like, yeah, I was going to, I thought I was going to Phoenix and we we're going to hoop together. It yeah, was going to be the light skinned assassins, you know, but, <laughs> 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 you know, but I mean, it, it just didn't work out as, yeah, it didn't work out that way. No, so. no.
3: Yeah. Phoenix. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Phoenix messed up in the draft, oh, wow. even not getting Tatum. They really messed up. It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. So, so I, I wanted to switch gears for a little bit. Just do it. Let's be a little more serious, man. But obviously NBA fans are wilding. Like we've seen stuff in Philadelphia. We've seen stuff in, we saw stuff here in Boston, obviously, you know, right. obviously we know what's going on in Utah in the past and, you know, something happened with I think with John Cameron's father, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously Trey Young getting spit out at, at, at MSG. So you know, what do you think the NBA could do or should do when it comes to ensuring player safety? Because right now, fans just seem they didn't want to be uh, assholes, you know, just assholes all, all around. So how how do you feel they should go about ensuring player safety?
3: You know, height security is always something I think that makes a big difference. I know it doesn't sound like it does, but just the, just the mere presence, I mean, it, it just... It's just no, there's no place for that, man. Like these guys, you know, these spectators, they go in just because you buy a ticket doesn't mean that you can do stuff like that. And I get it. People haven't been out for a while, had a lot to drink, but so what? I mean, you got to hold these guys accountable. And I like that they, that these names are printed in the newspapers. And we know this guy's from Braintree that did that, that through that water bottle at Kyrie Irving. And, you know, the way Russell Westbrook reacted to that fan. I mean, like you feel for him, you know, it's something. Idiot on the Boston radio station was like, Oh, this, this is gonna come off bad. But he did it. he goes, Oh, it's just popcorn. I'm like, what? It's just popcorn. I'm like, yo, you don't have the right to throw anything at these guys, you know. And and, and of course the racial aspect of it is, is of course relevant because the, the, the historical, you know, just in terms of black athletes and entertainers, you know, a lot of what Kyrie said is is, is his very own point. I just I wasn't. Ex- I just wasn't crazy about the vehicle he used to deliver his point. Right? If, if you know what I mean,
1: right? Exactly, and that, that 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 was yeah, that was my issue too. And if you're gonna tell the story, Kyrie, tell the whole story.
3: Okay, you right. can't talk about that, especially with sports, and you're not gonna mention Bill Russell and Red Auerbach, and you know what Red Auerbach, right. Auerbach meant to the game of basketball in the NBA and the Celtics, and starting five black, you know, players for the first time, hiring the first black coach. I mean, I, right. I just thought it was a bit off-putting. But I mean, obviously, no one was listening to what he was saying, being like, "Oh, this is ridiculous." Like, Yeah, it's true, but it was just a bit of a low blow, I, I guess. Is the best way to put it in a way, it was like, "Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna point at the city's background and all that stuff because you're trying to gain leverage in a series." I thought he was trying to gain leverage a bit, and you know what? I mean, I, I mean, in the playoffs, in the best seven series, you're gonna do the best you can to look for leverage. I just thought, again, it was a little bit of a it was a little bit of a low blow. I mean, that's something of topic, but it is what it is. I didn't. I was one of these guys that was like, oh, Kyrie was out of line for that. No, he was doing what he does in the playoffs, and that's what, or what NBA stars do and try to gain an advantage. But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, man, yeah, there's just, there's just no place for that. I mean, you high in security, and, and, and I guess you just really call these guys out. You know, I, I think that's, the, that's it right there because nowadays with social media, once your name gets out there and people know what you look like, I mean, it's just the bad look, you know.
2: In terms of like in the arena, like, do you do what Brooklyn does? Because like they have not only like the state, like the theater lighting, but if you notice, like there, there's not a lot of courtside seats anywhere. I don't know if that's because of COVID, but they have that, that, that like the, it's like the LED light board behind where the players. So do you remove access to the court for fans? Is, is that something that, that you think the NBA
3: could do or would they be too scared to lose out on revenue for that? Yeah, they're too scared to lose out on revenue, man. They're trying to, they're trying to come up. You know, they got the garden selling burgers for like twenty dollars right now, man. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the concessions are crazy. But yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think they'll do that, honestly. If anything, most arenas are trying to add. You know, that's what the yeah. garden did. You know, just before the shutdown. But yeah, I mean, I just think that the the national media having, you know, bringing light to it and and, and talking about it constantly, I think that helps for sure. And, and hopefully, this doesn't continue to be a trend into next season. Listen.
0: I'll tell you one thing. If people weren't running into the people weren't running it or throwing stuff at athletes after Rana test went up 20 rows and beat someone's ass. Okay. All yeah, right. Just saying, right. Let, let one of these NBA players one free shot at someone who throws something at them like it would be in yeah, normal bro. life. And I promise you, no one would be throwing anything anymore. And
1: it's it's, it's, it's gotta be Russ though. It's gotta be Russell Westbrook. Like, yes.
0: It, 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 it has to be him. If Russell Westbrook walked by you on the street and you dumped popcorn on him, I guarantee you that would be the last thing you ever did in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's—I mean, that's. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, Westbrook is the type of person. I—I think Westbrook's the type of person that he will beat someone to ass and then and then rant about it for thirty minutes. After. All, right, All right. right, man. he will stand right, over yeah. you and tell <laughs> you how he beat your ass. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And and why you shouldn't have done it.
1: You know? Yeah, I, I, listen, I, listen, I say that phrase, I'm here for it. And I, I, listen, I, I say that all the time. I would have yeah. been here for that.
3: I, I wouldn't have been mad at that, you know? People don't they don't like Westbrook because of his attitude sometimes. And, you know, the, the I don't know, I guess the way he plays, but I love it. He's one of my favorite players to watch, man. It's been that way for the last few years. Yeah, you know. If that's somebody who he goes out there. He's just playing, you know. He's doing his thing, and and don't talk about how much money these guys making all that stuff. It's about respect again the, the day, man. These guys respect.
1: So we'll bring it back to, to the Celtics, but obviously we're we're going into the 2021-2022 season. So just real quick, as a quick header, what what are your early board predictions for the for the Celtics next year?
3: Oh man, you mean like.
1: So well, it, it, it 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 could be roster stuff. It could be a record thing. It could be because we already we, we already exhausted the culture thing. But it could be a player that takes a leap. It could be someone that comes here that we don't think is coming. So something something like that.
3: Mm. Man, I don't know, man. Honestly, I don't think I don't think too much crazy thing is gonna happen, man. But that doesn't mean this is a bad thing, you know. I, I just I I do think they'll add a player or two, but I don't think it's gonna be like a, this huge splash that people are like, oh, okay, here we go, something. They're gonna be a top team out there. I think this is going to be more about, okay, when we were healthy, there was, there was a lot of positive takeaways and let's expound on that. You know, let's try to 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 get that, you know, these hopefully the injuries will be out of the way, they're thinking, and you know, without the guys missing games because of COVID-19 health and safety protocol, you know, I, I just think that these they believe in, in, in these guys, you know, the core and some of these younger players. So, you know, and when you think about the the cap space and how restricted they are. I mean, if that doesn't happen, I would only, I would say maybe they find a way to trade Kemba, but it's not going to be, I mean, maybe it's one of those guys that I mentioned, whether it's Al Horford or or Porzingis, but I mean, chances are, I think he, he, maybe he stays, you know, I I think he stays until at least they can showcase him a bit more. And maybe you try to to flip him during the off season. I mean, during the, before the trade deadline, but I mean, that's even tougher. So I don't know if I had to predict it. They don't, they're not able, they're unable to move Kemba. People always want to talk about Al Horford, and no one thought that the Philadelphia 76ers would be able to move that, but it's just so different, right? I mean, we're talking about an undersized uh, guard, 31. All these problems are rattling up at but, you know, recently, it's just going to scare away a lot of teams. Hor-
1: Horford was older, though. Horford was, in, I mean, Horford's going to be 35. So he's going to be 35. Actually, he might be 35 this month. Before. What's that? Yeah. 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 He that's wasn't that's hurt. that's true. That's true. But I mean, I he feel wasn't like hurt, people thought, right. people thought that, he, that he was that he sucked. That it was over in Philly, and then he, he came out. He was actually he was still hooping in, in OKC. You know, they, yeah. Just, yeah. Chose, they just they they yeah. yeah. OKC was
3: like, well, we don't yeah,
1: yeah. well, <laughs> come, come on, right? You're doing too much. Like we want K. Cunningham right. here. That's not wow. what we
3: do around here, Alex. right? Yeah, <laughs> we
1: do, <laughs> hey, exactly. Well, I'll give my bold prediction. I, I feel like, well, and this is this part. That's why we call it bold. They'll have a top five bench scoring wise next year. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna, I'm oh gonna my. Say that. yep I saw why they're gonna have a top five scoring bench. I'm gonna say so that means certain guys take a leap where they bring somebody here, but i'm they're gonna finally address the need for you know bench scoring or oh, the bench mob as uh Marcus Morris Senior used to call them a couple years ago, like when the bench was oh, good yeah. then, you know what I'm saying? So that that's why I think they will have a t- Yep exactly, exactly. So
3: and the bench crew. Yo, Morris is one of my favorite man. I spent a lot of time with Morris man. That's a good dude. Yeah, dance.
1: he's great. And so yeah, I, I think that's, yeah they'll have they'll have a top five um, score bench for uh, that's that's my ball prediction.
0: Last thing, and I will let you leave. I promise. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make you make a ball prediction. Is Marcus Smart on the Celtics next season? No. Oh shoot! Oh my! Yeah. Oh okay. okay. No. Hey, there it no. We got him
1: on wax. We got him on wax sand. Okay, cool.
3: <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen, man. I mean, I am a Marcus Smart guy, but. I think it might happen, guys, <laughs> because, again, we talk about the restriction of the cap and that name still holds a lot of weight in the NBA, especially guys or teams rather that thinking that they just need one defensive stopper that could put them yeah, over the edge. Cool. And check You check know, check one of these West Coast on. teams, you never know, man, like that energy and all that. And, you know, that team friendly contract. Sure, it's expiring, but some team that's just looking to add an extra muscle and they think
1: that the Marcus smart is the guy. But no. you know, you know what I'm scared of though. I feel like Could since, since you saying that, what's what's gonna happen? It's, it's gonna mess around and be like, dun uh, dun dun dun. The Celtics <laughs> traded Marcus Smart to the LA Clippers for Patrick Beverly and Luke Kennard, and I'm gonna lose my shit. And I'm gonna be in your DM <laughs> saying, I'm, I'm gonna be in your DM like, bro. I can't believe you called this shit like. Yo,
3: that's so funny you say that. No, 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 I'm dying laughing because that's so funny you say that because that's got brass takers written all over. That Fact.
0: As soon as I heard it, I was Stephen's like, man, like that ever sounds ever. so realistic. It's like, it's like oh,
1: we, you know, we got a guy to bring defensive toughness and, you know, versatility. Add,
0: add in Nicholas Batum and it's all over. Oh, now. God. Yeah.
1: Uh, but, but you know what, though? It's funny. We were saying, people, people were upset about that. Remember, we was like, oh, man, I'm going to take Batum uh. back for Hayward. And da, da, da. I mean, he, Batum was okay for them with, with the Clippers this season. So I'm like, you know, um, but granted, he, he wouldn't have done that here. Like, he, he was only okay because yeah. he's in L.A. So, that that's that, man. So Gallinari, man. It's like, where did that come from? Like, really? Like, <laughs> he's
3: doing his thing in Atlanta. And, because, yeah, that, that, that's funny you say that. Because, yeah, those same names, I was hearing the same thing. Oh, you could replace him with someone like this. You could replace him with someone like, you know, Gallinari.
1: You know, Haywood's repl- I'm like,
3: no, I don't like either of those guys. And I, I didn't feel great about Hayward's helping me forward, and here we are, you know, shocker. Right. I Didn't mean, right. exactly.
1: I mean, but that one was for you, Joe. Joe's one of our guys on the show. He's not here, but <laughs> that was for you, Joe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Bogdanovich was someone too, man. I mean, you know, Milwaukee, yeah. you know, miffed on that, but I mean, man, Bogdanovich healthy has changed their season.
3: Yeah. I mean, those, I think those are the kind of guys Celtics will do their best to target, man. But yeah, that's such a brad trade. Throw some picks in there. Clippers would do that.
1: Oh, God. I, I know. I hope. I hope.
3: So, <laughs> that team needs a Marcus. That yeah, team no, you, needs you, a Marcus. I know, I, I'm scared.
1: I'm scared. No, I'm, I'm telling scared. us that's not a Brad trade. That's such you a know, Brad it, trade. It, it is. It is. But uh, we, we're gonna have to close on that before I get any more emotional behind <laughs> that. So that's a good way to
0: close, man. Pat, <laughs> yeah. Patrick Beverly, your newest Boston Celtics <laughs> so, ever. yeah,
1: I, I can't. I'll, I'll go crazy. You no, know, by they, the
3: way, by the way, people listening to this, if Marcus gets traded, don't say it's my fault. All right, I don't want. <laughs> <my fault>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just yeah. think, yo, it could absolutely happen. That's a big chip on the on the table right now. You know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see who bites. We'll see which team bites. You know, I mean, you have to. like, Brad wouldn't be doing. He wouldn't be doing his proper due diligence if he didn't put him on the table, right? Like you got to put some serious package deals together if you want to. If you want to get a, a someone something in return. So we'll see. We'll see. Brad the GM. So weird. Which, by the way, before we even before I get out of here, I want to make this clear. I, I, this is not long term. I don't think so. I, I I really don't. Yeah,
1: Jeff Jeff Goodman said the same thing. He he, he came on. It's not going
3: no yeah. two years max. Yeah, absolutely. So organization it, the owners just like, look, Brad, it's right. the least you can do. So <laughs> no, who will who, 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 who replace him then? You ain't you ain't going nowhere.
1: You 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 got yeah. you gotta get you gotta get Sam pressure if that's the case. Go get him. He's from here, bring him here. Bring oh him here. man,
3: that's a that's a given, right? Okay, season. be like, Don't you think about it, Sam? Don't even
1: yeah, yeah, no, yeah. they, no, they, would, take, we'll they would take Brad as the coach, though. If Brad said I'll coach over there, they'll take that trade. Brad for Sam Preston, they would do that. Kind of like how we got Doc over there. They, they would do that, yeah. in, in my opinion. And, you know, give him a couple of picks. They'll be, they'll be happy with that.
3: Yeah, I think by now, by, by now, I was going to say, by now, Brad's definitely refreshed on the, the uh, Danny Steve. I mean, Danny Steve. Uh, Danny Ainge, one-on-one, you know. He knows how to trade some coaches, you know. I wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't shock <laughs> me. <laughs> or, or, or make unorthodox, you no know, trades that other organizations have never done man, who, yeah. who does that? They traded Doc for some picks. I'm like, yo, Danny would trade his mom. I swear, man. Like, he was that kind of dude. Yo. Salute. Salute to Danny Ainge, yo. For real. Like, that... I'll never forget this era. I'll never forget this era. And, and, and I know you guys can say the same thing. I mean, come on. Kevin Garnett? Like, that kid, that teenager, that when when that kid found out, he was, man, let me tell you, incredible. Danny Ainge, man. For real. Like, we'll people got out. It's just... It was so shocking that it just Happened in the day and that's it. But we got to salute him for sure, man. For this, for, for bringing that championship and for this era that we that we're in right now.
1: Right, and that so that that's that's the era. <laughs> right, I know, I know. We could go. go I know on. it's my I fault. Was, no, it's you you fault. good, you good, man. We good. I'm like, we, we can keep going. We want to keep going, man. But no, but what, what's it, I think that you you ended it good with the tribute yeah. to Denny Ainge. So Danny Ainge, yeah, 18, eighteen years up, eighteen years down. You know, you brought a championship, brought us here to so another finals, Denny Ainge. So even Trent though I. Right, trying to
3: tell nobody was, was nobody was putting big three together before Danny. Come on, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. At, le- at least not through trade, anyways. It- he traded Markel Fultz for Jason Tatum and got another first round pick on top of it. Just throwing, that's literally the most lopsided trade ever. So <laughs> Danny straight up flipped the script twice, right? The big three thing, and and then he
3: showed, and then he showed what OKC is doing right now because they're taking a page out of his out of his book. Yep, you stack up these draft picks. Do you, you know, slum it for a few years and come right back with guys like Jalen Bryant. I mean, that Brooklyn Nets trade, a lot of GMs wouldn't have had the sack to pull that trigger, man. And, you know, obviously it was the right thing to do. Those future picks were were it. You know, that's what bridged the gap to this, man, to, to what we're in right now. So, yeah, man. Trendsetter. Man, Danny Ainge. Da Trent said that's, that's Miami that Miami Heat fans should
1: thank him. Golden State did it homegrown, so they, they, did, they right, did it right. there' are good, right? Exactly, right. So until so that, so number thirty-five came over there, right? LeBron fans, you're welcome. All right, right, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we, we got old quickly, so they better be grateful. So <laughs> I mean, before we go further down the rabbit we'll, we'll, we'll shut it down on that. But Trent said, "Da, we thank you." Uh, so for, for Danny, the, right, traded Danny. So for Jose Pavone, the real BK Bob Kelly. Magic, Mike, Marcangelo, and our executive producer, Craig DeLisandro. This has been another episode of Missing the Point, and until next time, we'll see you. Peace. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the want Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote
0: lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th.